Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so vicious, so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hoe. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team. <clears throat> I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron the Killboard. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing tremendous. Um, somehow, I'm going to edit back in Holst and <laughs> and Cole Dawson. Uh, well, don't worry. I still have an I still have another opportunity to screw up my own name and the word host. Yes, <laughs> it's been kicking my butt for two weeks now. <laughs> Well, speaking of kicking butt for two weeks, this bracket, you know, I'm just, my, my goal is to be good at transitions and, you know, I, I'm getting better every, every week. But before we get there, any fallout from last week, you know, I, I know that we didn't have any Darsos played for this new generation bracket, but that's usually kind of the theme of the bracket. I, very rarely do we get a Darso played in the first round unless we're being extra douchey. Uh, but I feel like if <laughs> if there's a a subject that we're you know a little more acquainted with, maybe a little more a, a, a lot riding on it, maybe a little more integrity to the bracket, which is laughable at this point. Uh, we kind of save the Darsos for the second round because we actually have a dog in this fight. So um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Basically, pretty much just wondering <laughs> how you feel about the bracket so far in my long-winded way. Yeah, so you got a great transition in there, and then you lost your train of thought. <laughs> it's this buttery pretzel I have right now. My wife literally just brought me dinner before we hit record, and this pretzel is, like, heavenly. It looks fantastic. A, a good soft pretzel is one of my all-time favorites. I especially love to put the cheese sauce on it That's uh, or some good nacho cheese sauce. That's great. But, uh, yeah, so now speaking of fat guys just blabbering on about food here uh why don't we introduce our guest that's an awful transition and very rude to our guest sir sorry i'm distracted now mrs kilborn on the screen with the cheese sauce feeding ronald the pretzel this is all good content ladies and gentlemen good thing this is not visible to our viewing audience it's just listening so i had to do commentary there but uh yeah. So, speaking of not having dissension, uh, Wade didn't try to fuck us last week, but he did tip his hand as to who his favorite in this bracket might be. So, uh, the, uh, Ron and I have been keeping it very close to the to our vests, have not tipped our hand yet, 
because we know that some shenanigans may be afoot. This is where Wade screwed us last time in our hopes of Brian Danielson. But uh, Wade, how you doing today? I, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, to be honest, though, a little uh, green with envy to see the size of that pretzel that uh, Ronald has. Uh, is the pretzel making you thirsty, by the way? A little bit. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just puzzled by this grilled cheese. I also have oh. grilled cheese, too. It's um, <laughs> Pretzels and grilled cheeses. Come on. That's the life. It looks she like, brought you a real fat kid dinner right, right? now. <laughs> yeah. It looks like they grilled just the cheese and like gave me soft bread. Ooh. Interesting. So it's it's a reverse grilled cheese. <laughs> it's brought to you by Impact Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a reverse battle royal flush when I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not a reverse because that's a shit tornado coming up to the ceiling. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, a turdinator, if you will. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, the only impact you'll hear is the splash. So, um, so the bracket we're doing today. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. A not shit tornado bracket. This bracket is fantastic. Very near and dear to our hearts. Part one is finished. It is the WWF new generation bracket. There's no Hogan. There's no Piper. This is just WWF. So this is one of the, you know, lesser, uh, I don't know. Lesser talked about eras, but it's Ron in my one of our favorites. This is when our fandom was sealed in pro wrestling. I'm going to ask Wade, when did you first kind of become a wrestling fan and what when was the era that you, you know, were hooked? Uh, first time I ever watched wrestling, I was like three or four. Um, it was uh, 87. My Uncle George was babysitting me and he turned on Saturday night's main event. And I was hooked. So growing up, I watched from late 80s on. But my all-time favorite year on the WWF, 1996. So this topic, this bracket is right up my alley. Yeah, so 96 was like really when the transition started for new generation into that attitude era. So, th yeah, that a lot of people... That is their favorite, either 96 or 97. Yeah, is, I think 96 yeah. is the most pivotal year in the entire industry, to be honest. I think oh, you, yeah. you could trace everything back to that from, you know, Hall and Nash showing up on, on Nitro to Hogan's turn to the curtain call. Austin um, 316. Yeah, the Austin 316 wouldn't have happened if the curtain call. Me and, Cole's, yeah. me and Cole's favorite match of all time at that WrestleMania. Yeah, Rocky yeah. debuted the rock yeah. you know uh 96 was was huge uh, there was the partnership with wwf and, and ecw there for a while too which kind of opened the door to a lot of things and that's where that that is where we always end up getting into the debate because i for one blame the attitude era for everything that is wrong with the professional wrestling business today <laughs> while while a lot of the stuff was great in that time I felt that, that the problem was that wrestling became so focused on ratings and stopped being a live entertainment, you know, uh, business. It became a television show. And that's when we started hot shotting everything and giving everything away. And then chaos, chaos, chaos was Monday nights. And so within a few years, really quickly, basically every big match you could ever dream of was gone. 
And that's a trend that still is continuing to this day. Like, just think about WWF now that Cody's injured. Is there any matchup that you, you know, are pining for because we haven't seen it yet? I mean, especially with top talent. Like, is there anything out there that we haven't seen? And so then people just get mad that we're getting, like, the sixth Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns match. But, like, who else do they have? Because they've hot-shotted everyone. Everyone's wrestled everyone. And, you know, people have risen to the top of the card. Now they're just, everyone's just kind of stuck in that middle. And there's really no growth for even like a Kevin Owens who just wrestled Steve Austin at WrestleMania. He's feuding with Ezekiel Elias. Like, what is, oh, anyway, we could go down that rabbit hole forever. But uh, yeah, that was that was little, two weeks yeah. ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to it. Let's get to the bracket. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. Opening up round number two, Brett the Hitman Hart versus Ted DiBiase. Ronald. Oh my gosh! I think the obvious choice here mm. is this pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, uh, it is <laughs> in this era. Ted DiBiase was at the end of his run, and this is when he started kind of transitioning into being a manager. And while I really appreciated, you know, the the uh, the corporation, the million dollar corporation, and all that, and the you know Nikolai Volkov with the scent sign on his trunks and all that stuff, yes. it was a lot of fun. But uh, I mean, it's Bret Hart, guys. So yeah, and it's this is his run. Yeah. This is his prime so brett's moving on for me and just like this pretzel your legs will be a pretzel if he ever puts the sharpshooter on you and i'm going with the pink and black attack bret hart excellence of execution man all the way all right starting off where we left off everyone in agreement again this one though i think may be a bit of a debate alundra blaze taking on razor ramon I'll let Wade kick this one off. With all due respect to Alundra Blaze, Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall, one of the most instrumental characters in the entire industry, especially at this time too, towards the end of his run in WWF 96, like we were talking about 96 being such a pivotal year, when he jumped over to Nitro was big. He, as Razor Ramon, the character itself, brought a lot of uniqueness to this era in wrestling. He created so many different memories. He was one of the biggest stars of the time. And we had had that conversation in the in the last uh, episode about it was unfortunate he never got a world title uh, anywhere that he worked like that. I have to go with Razor Ramon, though. I think, at, especially at this point in the career, of both of them, he did a lot more for the business than Alundra Blaze. And she also she turned her back on Vince, which is kind of, you know, that's that sucks. I don't think she necessarily turned her back on Vince so much as the company just had nothing for her. They just kind of stopped using the women, and she happened to be the champion when that happened, and she was a free agent. I mean, they, they really just let her go. And so, but yeah, the dumping the the tra- the, the belt in the trash can gimmick is really hard to get over. The the problem, like I think what Alundra Blaze did for the business gets discounted because women's wrestling died with her. So like I, I mean that's kind of what it for I don't know it was like five or six years 
in America before we had women's wrestling and you know that wasn't just cat fights. Yeah. You know, so I it's a tough call for me but I think I'm still going to stick with Razor. Ronald? Yeah, you got to stick with Razor. Again, all due respect to Alondra Blaze, you know. She was in a division on her by herself you know she how how often does can she work with bold nakano during that time period and uh you know it's funny that we talk about like she turned her back on vince she's literally going up against the catalyst for the start of the group turning their back on vince so it's kind of funny in that regard but you know i will say his version of it was more impactful to the business than alondra blazes was Whereas, you know, Laundra Blaze threw that belt and that title, and she never really came back from it since. Whereas Razor slash Scott Hall changed the business and came back with open arms. Say what you want about his health issues and whatnot, but it's still, the impact is there, and Razor's got to move on. All right. Everyone in agreement so far. This one, though, I think we'll start, um, and I'll, I'll take this one first. Undertaker versus diesel so my while if we're comparing total careers between these two guys it's undertaker head and shoulders miles above diesel but if we're just talking about this era of time this is when the undertaker had a couple injuries um and his biggest match during the stretch was when he wrestled himself sort of at a SummerSlam. Um, he, he did end this run, you know, he was kind of the last champion of the new generation era before we really started leaning towards that attitude era. But if I'm just talking about like from after WrestleMania 93, where, you know, all the old guard was gone and we're just running with this new crew up to like, you know, middle late 96, I think I'm going to give this one to Diesel. Ronald? Yeah, Undertaker fandom aside, and I get what you're saying about Diesel, but you know, I gotta I gotta disagree with the feud with just himself. That is what sparked my interest in Taker, that whole storyline. But his his feud with uh, Yoko uh, is was was awesome. Uh, Wade mentioned it last week, and you know, if we're, and if we're going by ninety three ninety six, I know he's not in this bracket, but uh, ninety six was the year of Taker and Mankind, and who can forget that that their first angle. Uh, Paul Bear betraying him, you know, uh, Taker uh, facing Diesel at WrestleMania, which is an underrated match. You know, fandom aside, I still think Taker had the better run. For for my money, he was probably number two babyface next to Bret Hart during that uh, early 90s new generation era, era, whereas Diesel came in as the bodyguard, the big heater, had the had the one run as champion, very short, and just kind of see you later, bye. I loved Diesel, but if you're comparing the two, I it's not close for me. And that's that's totally fair. And uh, literally got your money because that was the first pay per view you like forced your dad's hand and made him buy the pay per view for you. Correct. Not only that, it got my fandom. From then on, I was a yeah. wrestling fan. It's so it's just, yeah, yeah, no, I, and it's funny because I I was a I'm a fan of both guys. Yeah. But, you know, I think even Kevin Nash would humbly say, yeah, bow down to Taker. <laughs> All right. So then the decider, Wade. Uh, well, yeah, it, it it's hard because you can argue full career or time period. But since we are doing this time period, I guess we would have to go that route. 
Um, you guys covered a lot with both what they did in that time period. Undertaker, while he was feuding with Mankind, was also feuding with Goldust. He had two programs at the same time. And I, not a lot of people talk about the run that he had with Goldust in 96. I think it was a very underrated program that they had, especially the, uh, the what was it, the curtain call match? It was a casket match or something like that. That was a really good one. Mankind showed up in the casket, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but it, it definitely gets overshadowed by the, the obviously much better program with, with Mankind. But, um, yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to go with Undertaker on that one. Uh, all due respect to Diesel during that time period, he was great as a as the heel bodyguard to Sean. His babyface run sucked; it was horrible, <laughs> and he really started to come into his own and be the true Kevin Nash that we all know today. At that heel run in '96, you know, he gave uh, gave uh, Undertaker a run for his money, couldn't get the job done. Uh, that match with Sean at uh, at Good Friends Better Enemies, where he took uh, Mad Dog with Sean's leg, you know that was priceless. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, Undertaker man had a, uh, I think a better run. Okay, all right. I'm not gonna. That's not Darso material for me. But uh, all right, Bob Backlund, Mister Bob Backlund, and Bam Bam Bigelow, Ronald. Ooh. See, I voted against Mr. Backlund before, and he went through with good reason because he's great. And I'm still going to this round, unfortunately, because it's Bam Bam. Bam Bam is like if you if I if I was able to look up the new uh, the new generation, I guarantee you the first wallpaper that pops up will be a group of guys, and Bam Bam's a part of it. Like I just <clears throat> I, I think yeah. of Bam Bam Bigelow when I think of New Generation, so. Sadly, I don't think of Bob Backlund uh, when I when I immediately think of New Generation. All right, Wade. Ron said it best, man. You know, if if, if you think of New Generation, Bob Backlund's not going to be on the top of the list, but Bam Bam will. Uh, the program of Doink <laughs> that was funny. That was good stuff. And then the you know with the match with Lawrence Taylor, that was that was big. That was huge. Unfortunately, the aftermath after, you know, face turn went to shit. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Bam Bam. And I think I will make it three for three. Um, it's going to be it's going to be hard for anyone to take down Bam Bam Bigelow for me. Um, what, what In any year, any fandom, like Bam Bam is really close to being one of those guys that could crack my top ten of just all time my personal favorites. So, um, yeah, it's going to be hard to to see Bam Bam go in this tournament, but we'll see. We got a long ways to go. So, Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels taking on J E double J A double R E double T, good old double J Jeff Jarrett. Ha ha ha! Ronald, man, is now the time to shake some shit up? Yes. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to see this match now. Right. They're very Today cl- it would be good. They're very yeah. close together now. They, they should do it. They should definitely do it. Uh, you got to go Shawn Michaels. I mean, new generation. He's also, you know, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to use the poster or wallpaper analogy again, Shawn Michaels is right up front um, along with Brett and Bam Bam just chilling. 
new generationing and whatnot. But yeah, I got to go Shawn Michaels. Wade? <laughs> Heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Easy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't, oh, this isn't quite Darso material for me. But, but think of the history for this you would make. era. Yeah, for this era, for me, in my personal fandom, because I was such a Brett guy, I I just I liked Jeff Jarrett more at this time because Sean was literally just the antithesis of Brett. Like he was his greatest opponent. He was the guy. That, you know, I didn't like him because it was, you know, him and Brett had heat. And so it was just hard for me to like Sean. So I would go Jeff Jarrett from this era. But it doesn't matter because I'm outgunned and I'm not Darsoing this one. Um, I'm I'm really trying to play strategies in my head to keep Darso alive. But <laughs> we shall see. Owen Hart versus the one, two, three kid. The match. That I'm going to watch after we finish this bracket. And you absolutely <laughs> should. Um, yeah. Um, I got to go with Owen. Uh, he was like the heel for me uh, in the new generation era. Because, you know, even though the taker angle got me into wrestling, the annoying bad guy of them all at the time, just because he was the one feuding with Bret Hart in that, that year when I got into the when I got into wrestling was Owen Hart. And I just remember hating him mercilessly just because how much he whined and cried and that that was the gimmick he was playing. And he played it so well. So, yeah, I got to give it to Owen here. Uh, I I think his uh, run as a villain um, doesn't get talked about enough. To me, now I'm just sitting here and I just kind of had this epiphany. Like, Owen Hart was so far ahead of his time. Like, he is Brian Danielson right now. Like the cheese, you know, like when he's playing a heel, he's obnoxious and he's but when he's a baby face, it's so his fire and every but he's so funny and so dry and things he does that he he doesn't seem like he's winking at the crowd, but it's still funny and but you believe him. He would be the biggest star in the business right now today bar none. No, like no doubt about it. If you dropped him in his prime, like as the king of hearts right now, today, he'd be the number one guy in the business. And, uh, I, you know, I love Sean Waltman, but one, two, three kid versus Owen. I, it's no brainer for me. Owen Hart all day. Wade. All right. So new generation is pretty much defined by night, like 90, 93 to 97. Correct. Yeah. I, I was going to say like, Right after WrestleMania, where Hogan did the thing with Yoko. So, like, basically, Hogan's gone was when they really started the promotion of the new generation. So, yeah. all the, the big stars of the 80s are gone. And and for me, I think even, like, towards the end of 96 is when we start transitioning into the Attitude Era. So, yeah, so anywhere in between 93 and, like, right before 97 kicks off. Well, the perfect example of that then is Owen Hart. He had a three-year feud with his brother. Yes. And it never got old. How many people can say that they had a feud that long other than Austin McMahon? Yeah. Right. And these were brothers. 
that is uh that's the tale as old as time yeah literally um, yeah yeah for real <laughs> and to piggyback on on what you said cole about owen hart if if he was around today he would be the biggest guy in wrestling think about it, this he was definitely in a league of his own in the time that he was in during the attitude era right he did not fit in with the attitude era at all no um but one year after his passing yes the influx of guys from wcw that came in would have complimented him so well Owen and Jericho, Owen and Guerrero, Owen and Benoit, Saturn, Malenko, all these people. Oh my God. He, he was just, it, it, it sucks, man. It fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. It's something we talk about often on the show. I mean, cause he did actually wrestle Kurt Angle. I, I like he, I'm pretty sure Angle's first match, it was a dark match, but it was against Owen Hart and yeah. Owen wrestled edge. So like he was right there. And so what what happened just for wrestling fans, it just makes it all the because who knows what I mean, Owen's legacy is cemented and, and everyone agrees he's one of the best wrestlers ever. But I think his place in wrestling history on the list when we start talking about who's the best ever. I think if he could have hung in for another two years, you know, if, if he would have been around, I think Owen's heart, Owen Hart's entire legacy is completely different yeah, absolutely so. yeah but yeah my vote goes with owen hart on this one he, he continues on all right this one will be interesting because it's a little bit of a handicap match here my specialty <laughs> is it though because <laughs> it's yokozuna taking on the steiner brothers Oh, geez. I mean, handicap rules. Who does that favor? I think Yokozuna still outnumbers them. <laughs> yeah, he still outweighs them. Yeah. yeah. Well, we all know what Scott Steiner would say about him, right? He's fat. <laughs> He's fat. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like if this was a real match, a real thing, there would be a suplex. Like the, the Steiner brothers would tag team suplex this fucker, and that would be the high spot of this match, and it would be amazing. Yes. You don't think Scott Steiner would hit the Frankensteiner off the top rope on Yoko? <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'd love to see him take that bump, uh, it would have had to been like early 93 because any time after that, I would have just been a pancake and all bad news. But, uh, oh, I just, yeah, the idea of the Steiner brothers suplexing Yoko just got me excited for no reason. Like, <laughs> Oh, no, I'm more excited about the potential Frankensteiner. We'd be talking about Big Papa Puddle. <laughs> Uh, but I got to go Yoko still. I think, you know, I'm going to I'm going to tire this analogy out, but he's also on that wallpaper. The first guys I think of, yeah. you know, when it comes to new generation, you know, he was also, you know, maybe the, the next probably on paper. He was probably the number one heel. And then Owen Owen Hart pissed me off the most. Yes. But, but I think, you know, Yoko is definitely a shoe in to go far in this bracket. And I'm going to vote for the man now. Wade. Um, it not only with what you guys had said about Yoko makes the case for Yoko, but the Steiners were only in the new generation for 93. They left in 94. Yoko was there yeah. the whole time. So by default, Yokozuna has to go through just on that alone. Uh, on top of everything else you guys had mentioned about the guy. Yeah. Being the main event for a whole 18 months. I mean, he was the tippy top guy. 
for for that run there. And and unfortunately his, you know, he his weight just got out of control. Um but yeah, definitely a bigger impact. This is one of those where the Steiner brothers made the list just because they're the Steiner brothers. So I think this is a good place for them to jump off. So we're all in agreement. Yokozuna moving on. Oh no. Okay. So, uh both of these guys got a lot of support in the first round. British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith taking on Doink the Clown, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. So I I will go ahead and start this one. Uh this is a tough call because I mean, obviously in the annals of professional wrestling, Bulldog had the more accomplishments and was the arguably the bigger star, but I think the lasting impact that Doink the Clown had and still to this day is talked about in video games and I mean it's insane to me. I, I'm shocked that we haven't had a revamped Doink the Clown at some point. Like it's just kind of weird to me that we haven't revitalized it. I understand that if they did the silly, you know, funny, happy doink, it would be cool for a couple weeks. But I think if they went back to the original idea and revamped it now, maybe you have, you know, somebody who's a disgruntled employee and they just head into the doink territory and they become an evil clown. I think it would really work today. Um, so I'm going to go against conventional Cole wisdom here and I'm picking doink the clown. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Dwight the Clown as well, just because I feel like, you know, when I think of New Generation, Bulldog is definitely there, but I look at Doink as like this mascot, like this guy that was just always around in the background, and no matter where, when or where you needed him, he was going to make you laugh and make you invested in what he was doing. I don't remember cringing at any Doink moments when I was a kid. No. Not at all. And, you know, boy, it, an evil clown working today, I, I, I wonder if they tried that. I don't know. Was there an evil clown that I'm not thinking See? about? See, so forgettable, right? The fiend was awful. So yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah but he wasn't a clown. <laughs> that was a clown mask he was wearing. Yeah, the fiend was great. Uh, that dude has gotten over with the fans on three separate occasions, and WWE shit the bed all three times. And so there's just I. Ugh. Ugh. So gun to your head, you're saying that the fiend wasn't an evil clown? I mean, it didn't. Uh, I, I, yeah, gun to my head. I, they, I didn't make that connection, but really? I, I, I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm not saying you're. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's like, yeah, okay, I could interpret that mask as he's like it. You know, it's an updated evil clown. Ver- I could see that. Yeah. But, I, but yeah, he had the mystical powers, more like you know it. Pennywise. So that works. <laughs> yeah, like Pennywise. The yeah, evil, the works. evil clown. Okay, so two two O Wade. <laughs> How interesting would it be if the Fiend was the final boss in Stranger Things when they end that series? <laughs> Bro, sign me up. That's right? where that's where Bray's going. That would be awesome, to be honest. That would be great. <laughs> um, but you know, Doink the Clown versus the British Bulldog. It's interesting. Doink the Clown is like synonymous with the first half of the new generation, where Bulldog is synonymous with the second half. Um, eh, man, I gotta go with Bulldog. Okay. Yeah. Is that is this a uh, a Darso worthy appearance for you, or you you don't feel that strongly about Bulldog? That don't waste it on Bulldog. He got no. Rough. I'm not. No. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm not gonna waste on Bulldog. But um, 
yeah, if I had to choose between the two, yeah, I would go with the bulldog. But All I could right. see, I could see why you guys would go with Doink. All right, we have a very solid final eight. This may be our best, most realistic. Uh, you know, there, there's there, this. The integrity of this bracket is strongly intact because this is where things heat up. Brett, <laughs> the Hitman Heart versus Razor Ramon. I'm gonna let Wade go first. Oh man! Uh, 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 uh. shout out to the King of the Ring Finals in '93 because that was a great match between Brett and Razor. Um, man, Razor did a lot for the business. Brett did a lot for the business, but Brett wasn't quite just there yet as far as transforming the business whereas during that time period razor ramon did more to transform things when he jumped ship um but oh man i i have no idea i this this is this is the toughest one i'm not kidding this is the toughest i don't have kids that i know of but this would be like choosing between them um i'm gonna go I would go with Razor Ramon. Sorry, sorry, Brett. Well, <clears throat> I will. I will say that impact on the business uh, for sure. Scott Hall did what he did, but that that rocket ship the Attitude Era. I think, whereas yeah. Bret Hart beating Ric Flair solidified uh, solidified the new generation. That's when. That's when. Like, okay, we just anointed one of these guys as our top guy. Now we're in the new generation. So right when Bret Hart beat Ric Flair is when the title happened. And we without Bret Hart and his run, his first run, we wouldn't and that classic babyface promo, we wouldn't be talking about the name new generation. And if you're if you're a fan of this show and if you listen to any of this, you know me and Cole are solid Bret Hart fans. And with all due respect to Razor Ramon, his impact affected the attitude era, but the king of the new generation is Bret Hart. So I'm going Bret Hart. All right. So I'm going to play it ultra safe here. And I'm going to vote for Razor Ramon. And I'm going to use my Darso oh to make sure God. that Bret Hart moves on to the next round. Oh, strategery. <laughs> can, can I use a Darso on your Darso? You cannot no. Darso a Darso. No Everybody no. asks. <laughs> Everybody asks if they can Darso a Darso, and it is a big fat no. Damn. Damn. So strategy and trickery. Uh, obviously, Razor Ramon is, it, for me, I think Razor was really kind of the first big-time tweener, even before Austin did his thing. I, I feel like Razor was in such a spot here where he could be the top baby face or, or the second baby face or the second heel, depending on which way the wind blew that week. Um, he never was the tippy top guy in this era, but I think he was number two wherever he was, which is why, I mean, he had the damn IC title five times during this run. So yeah, everyone points to Austin as being like the first like bad guy everyone loved, but I, I disagree. You you go yeah. back to Razor, uh like he was he was getting cheers as the bad guy way before Austin was drinking beer. And you can you, you can even go back to Jake before uh Razor. Yeah. So yeah. Piper. I, yeah. Oh, I don't know. 
Piper Babyface Piper still did a lot of heelish things. He well, was kind of anti-hero. Yes, but Piper was a full-fledged baby face when he was getting cheered. He was still poking guys in the eyes and doing yeah. stuff like that. But it was more for comedic effect as opposed to just, you know, cheating to yeah. win. Like but if, you, if you play by 2022 rules, though, Roddy yeah. Piper is a very <laughs> polarizing figure. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah he w- obviously wouldn't say a lot of the things that he said in the 80s today. Yeah. But I, I think we could go and to a lot of wrestling. he wouldn't come on half and half either. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I, I, I th- but see, here's, since we're tippy-toeing around it, yeah. My problem with that whole situation being offensive is literally the entire message of what he did that day was about unity and how we're all the same. Like, it's literally the words coming out of his mouth. So I don't see why it's offensive, but I understand why since he did do half his body in blackface, that the subject of blackface is offensive. I yeah. totally get that, yeah. but I don't. I, I it's one of those. I I felt like it didn't need to get removed from the annals of history. So that and I'm with you on that. Anymore. I'm I'm totally with you on. That. I wasn't offended personally, but I thought it was funny. I thought it was well, cool. I, I just I think context matters, and in the context of what yeah. he was trying, the point he was trying to make in that was about unity and togetherness and, and that we're not different just because of the color of our skin. That was literally what I was saying, but I understand, you know, 2022. So anyway, now that we tiptoed around that political subject and Ron got really, really quiet. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Correct. So, all right, Bret Hart moving on. Thank you, Barry Darso. All right. Undertaker, Ron, this is going to suck. Undertaker and Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And my poster analogy can't work for this because they're right probably next to each other on this poster. Right. Yeah, yeah. These guys are as, as, as new gen era as it gets. Yeah. Because really, like, even though the last round I kind of downplayed what The Undertaker did during this era – this still was when, like, the depth of the character started kicking in. Because, like, with the, with the gimmick, he was literally given just a, a god-awful, terrible gimmick that most people would laugh out of the building in the wrestling business. And nobody would think this shit's going to get over, nonetheless, last for 25 freaking years doing this gimmick with a couple pit stops along the way. But this was definitely the era where it was like, okay, we either got to, like, really expand upon this character or it's got to go away. And he grew this ridiculous over-the-top. Just So I, I think this is a very crucial era for The Undertaker. Absolutely. It, 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 it defined him. It made it – he was able to take such a corny, like, see-throughable gimmick and make it work and make even, you know, even, like, older kids question it. You know, like, you know, he even said it funny on an interview. He was like, you know, people would think, you know, I know he's not dead, but something's wrong there. Like, this guy's weird. Right. Yeah. So for and for him to be committed to that in and outside the ring and do it for so long and then go back to it when everyone's grown up and cynical and kind of like, you know, bitter about wrestling half and half. He still made that work. And, you know. I love Bam Bam to death. He's one of my he's one of my favorites to watch, especially study. You know when I was wrestling, but now now we're comparing runs, and yeah. my personal fandom, obviously, and you know I, it, it's it's me, so it's got to be Undertaker. Yes, 
uh, this is tough for me because it, as much as I, when you look back at the entire body of work for The Undertaker, I, I respect the man so much. And his career is really unparalleled. There's nobody that was with the same company actively wrestling for 25 years like he did. I mean, you'd have, I mean, maybe Vern Gagne in the NW or the AWA, but guess what? He owned the freaking company. So of course he worked and was active and a top guy that whole time. But man, I just love Bam Bam Bigelow. And in this time, if I'm, if I'm picking my fandom back then it's Bam Bam by a landslide. But, and then if I go to my personal preference, on careers, the whole thing, I still slight edge for Bam Bam for me. So, one-to-one, Wade, you have the deciding vote. We're going with the poster analogy thing. Bam Bam Bigelow was in WrestleMania, the arcade game, so was The Undertaker, but he wasn't in the in-your-house game. Undertaker was in both. Going with The Undertaker. Ah, uh, video games for the win. Yes. Not mad at it at all. All right. Does Bam Bam have a movie with the New Day? <laughs> was he alive when New Day was even made? Hey, Undertaker's dead too, okay? Uh, uh, you beat me on a technicality. Hmm. <laughs> you guys agreed in your arguing. This is great. <laughs> all right. Oh, sort of regretting using my Darso now. <laughs> I'm not. The second you used it, I was like, oh, this is going to be so much more fun. Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and Owen Hart. Oh. See, I know this match happened, but I feel like the match we yes. could have had got away. Um, mm. See, it's so obvious to pick Sean, isn't it? Um, it is, really. I mean... No. no, For regular fans, not the cynical ones. Uh, <laughs> no, but, no, but, but for Sean... The, for, the, for the strategery fans. Oh, strategery fans, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, Shawn Michaels' contributions to the new generation era are well-documented. But I think everyone's going to go to the Attitude Era as his shining moments. But when he returned for his second half of his career is my favorite Shawn Michaels era. I That's just me. Me too. I agree. Um, so as far as like me looking back at the new generation era, the person who gave me the most memories, the most pivotal moments, or being a part of it, rather, for strictly the time period... I'm going to go crazy and pick Owen Hart. Not mad at it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to agree. I, it's Owen Hart for me moving on. Um, like I said, at this point, it just in my fandom, you, I'm never going to get over Sean screwing Brett. Like I knew I, even then, like when I was a kid, I knew it. I knew he was in on it. I knew he knew. I know he played, tried to pretend he didn't, but I knew he knew. And so it's Owen for me. And so now the ball is dropped in the court of one Wade Needham. All right. Shawn Michaels is my all-time favorite, right? But 
you look at his body of work in the new generation era. He was really up and coming. I mean, Owen was as well at the time, right? But you think 94, he had a, a decent showing in the Rumble. He had the phenomenal ladder match with Razor Ramon. I can't remember what he did the rest of 94. 95, he won the Royal Rumble with a little asterisk because it was like a 30-minute Royal Rumble. But, um, you know, they, the, the, the baby face turn, then they did the concussion thing. Like his 95 sucked. 96 came in. That was his year. 97, he lost a smile. He was out for half of it. He did, what, six, seven months of the Attitude Era. Owen Hart was there the whole time. As much as it pains me, logic wins on this. Owen Hart, much better in the new generation era, and Owen Hart gets my vote. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. We will not have a Shawn Michaels Hart and uh, Bret Hart finals in this bracket. Love it. All right. Now on to a little bit weird. Yokozuna versus Doink the Cloud. Ooh, two <laughs> ass finishers. Let's go. Yes. Mm. Whoopi Cushion versus Bonsai. Okay. The battle of the asses. Yes. Okay. Um... I think everyone knows my opinion of Yoko. Yokozuna is probably, you know, he could have won our big man bracket, but, you know, he just happened to be standing across Vader in one, in one of the matches, and it didn't go well for him. But I feel like this bracket has really shined a new appreciation light on Doink the Clown and what he meant to the era. So I'm probably going to be outvoted, but just for the sake of content, I'm going to I'm going to fucking throw a pie in everyone's face, and I'm going to say doink for reasons, for a lot of hilarious <laughs> reasons. Oh, Wade. And may oh, I just man. may I just add, we didn't put Jerry Lawler in this bracket, and you know he's not necessarily <laughs> new generation. He's not necessarily a new generation roster, but he was in the thick of it for the new generation era. Like he was he was a monster heel for for Brett. Um, and, and you know, the doink thing reminded me of Jerry Lawler. So I'm kind of like kicking myself that I didn't push harder for Jerry Lawler to get into this bracket because he has contributed so many memories to most of these guys in this bracket. And I think as I'm thinking of all of it, it's, uh, it's solidifying my choice for doink even further. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you guys didn't put the smoking guns in this thing. <laughs> well, it was either the Quebecers or smoking guns, and there was just personal taste. Yeah, for, um, for right, me. So. Fair enough. <laughs> I I really like Jacques Rougeau. I think he's one of those underrated <laughs> talents of all time. I, he's really great. My favorite tag match I've ever seen in my life, still to this day, uh, is I got a tape of uh, a show from the old uh, L.A. Sports Coliseum, and it's the Rougeaus versus the Hart Foundation. It is just absolute master class of, of tag team wrestling where, I mean, it is literally 15 minutes of Brett desperately trying to make a tag. And, and uh, the Rougeos did every dirty heel trick in the book. They even got the tag at one point, but they had the ref's back turned. Like, they did every spot to cut off that tag. And when he <laughs> finally hits the tag to Anvil, it's just insane. The crowd erupts. And, and this is just a sport, a show in LA between, you know, the two tag teams, it, it, but it's just, it's incredible. It's a masterwork. 
I love it. Another Bret Hart masterpiece, of course. Tremendous. So, Wade, you were picking between Yoko and Yoko Doink. Yoko and Doink. <laughs> oh, all right. What, what, what's the score so far with these two? It's one. Ron voted one for Doink. So you are you are second this time. Oh, man. All right. Um, I respect everything that both guys have, have done. Um, man, Yokozuna, one of the greatest big men of all time. Really, really. Uh, great great character came in at the right time uh he did some great business i have to i have to go with what i said in the, the previous episode though about Dunk the clown and his long lasting you know effect on the business to this day people still dress up as doink and perform all around the world they don't do that for yokozuna that means <laughs> something to me you know yeah so i'm going with Dunk the clown a little bit harder to pass pass yourself off as Yokozuna than Doink the Clown. <laughs> it's yeah. a little tough. But uh, yeah, so for me, this would definitely be Yoko. I while I you know, everything we've said about Doink uh is absolutely true. Um, you know, Yoko was the top guy for eighteen months of this run. And um, you know, while we love especially the Matt Bourne Doink, the uh God, I can't even think of the guy's name. The last guy that was Doink for all those years, uh, Steve Kern. Because, yeah, Steve Kern was was a short term Doink. Uh, Ray Apollo. <laughs> Ray Apollo was the was Doink when he feuded with Bam Bam and all that stuff. So Lombardo, um, Lombardo had a Doink run too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were yeah four. Yeah, so for me, simply the fact that four people carried off Doink through this four year period. Whereas Yoko was always Yoko, I would vote for Yoko, but I'm outgunned here, so there's not much I can do about it. Doink the Clown in the final four. Oh, my gosh. That's where we are, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he, he's he's this bracket's uh, Santino. Oh, God. No, because I'm not mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. He might be this bracket. <laughs> damn it. He might be this bracket's Abdullah the Butcher, where he's in the final four through sheer just, just you know, options. Like he just got a lucky, lucky little corner of the bracket. But uh, we shall see. Fucking Ron. <laughs> Bret Hart versus the Undertaker player. Ooh. So. My fandom brain just exploded. Yes. And I and I did say that Bret Hart is the king of the new generation era. And I do mean that. But I didn't get Bret Hart tattooed on my leg. <laughs> I have Mark goddamn Calloway on my entire leg. And I cannot vote him out. Of this bracket, because I went through so much pain to have this. So, my Bret Hart fandom still stands. But for this bracket, and this bracket alone, I'm going with Taker. Uh, well, your poor life choices aside, uh, I'm going with... <laughs> hey, I like doing this podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that you know sold the entire man's face all over your leg as a good choice but talking with me for two hours is the bad one <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting it 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, I love you, Ron. You're the best. I do. Well, I, I mean, yeah, for me, it's Bret Hart. Of course. Um, because it's new generation and this is my, this is my, what influenced my wrestling, you know, taste to this day. And uh, it's all because of Bret Hart. There's really has not been another since the beginning. And uh, I mean, Bret was my first champion and uh, he'll be my guy. I I mean, Brian Danielson is probably the closest thing to touching Bret Hart in my, you know, in in my 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 own heart. Um, And he's still got time. So there's a chance. There's a chance he could catch Bret for me. But uh until then, it is Bret Hart uh, in every bracket, all the time, forever, and always for me. So, the deciding vote to Wade. Now, Wade, I'm just going to tell you, you have a privilege of being able to shit in one of our cornflakes. <laughs> but there's, this is there's, true. there's one problem, though, and maybe one, one solution. Mm. You can only successfully shit in one of our cornflakes. All righty, all righty. Well, on one hand, we've got The Undertaker. On the other hand, we've got Brett the Hitman Hart. Both outstanding athletes in their own right. I know I'm going to piss off one of you guys. I'm going to make one person happy. But I'm going to make two people happy, actually. One person is probably listening to this right now. I want to give a shout out to Mr. Chris Cadillac because Bret Hart, you're out of here. <laughs> oh! Yeah! Oh. I can't believe I'm actually happy to hear Chris Cadillac's name right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I love Mark to death, but he's just dead wrong about Bret Hart. Wait, did Bret Hart get eliminated from this bracket? Maybe. I mean, he's outvoted, Ronald. Mm. He is outvoted. Yeah. Because so... I, I voted... Because I voted, uh, you voted for the Undertaker. I did vote for the Undertaker, and, and, and so did Wade. No, yeah, and you don't have a Darso. I don't have a Darso. So Bret Hart's gone. Acceptance, <sighs> acceptance is the last step, Cole. <sighs> You're not gonna save the day, Rod. Just gonna leave me with this shitty decision. Why would you guys, I play, are, ta- why, you guys are tag team partners? You gotta have each other's back, right? Why I mean, would I play a Darso when I when my pick is moving forward? That, well, didn't Cole do that earlier? Yeah, right? I just did that last round, Ronald. I thought we were on the same page here. You're supposed to have my back on this, right? But Bret the whole Hart's... goal was to make sure Shawn Michaels got eliminated. Bret Hart won, Ronald. What, was that was that it? Oh, Shawn, right. Ma- Shawn Michaels got eliminated. So did Bret Hart. <laughs> right? That's weird. Yeah, isn't that weird, Wade? We just kind of we we both have our Darsos too. Isn't that just isn't that crazy? And we can only use it in the next round, correct? Yeah. yeah only one to, of us, actually, because the other one can't left. Darso a Darso. Yeah, there's only one, latch, one, one match left. Oh, and, I, and Ron laid a perfect trap. Left, and I thought it was there, but all right. Yeah, but it, it's it's the race to who uses the Darso because you can't use it on another one. <sighs> because the Undertaker's in the finals of Justice. The generation bracket. Justice. All right. Bong. Owen, Owen Hart. Versus Doink the fucking clown, Ronald. Doink the clown. God damn it, Wade. <laughs> oh boy, 
because if I if I say it, you don't have a Darso. I fucking don't. It would have to go through, but by doing that, we would essentially pretty much just give it to the fucking Undertaker, right? Maybe. Uh, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Um. All right, so it's Doink and Owen, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Doink the Clown <sighs> versus Owen Hart. Hey, all jokes aside, no laughing matter. Owen Hart goes through. Oh, thank God. All right, Owen Hart. Doink, it's been a fun ride. No, it Please hasn't. Enjoy. It's continuing. God damn it. Oh God, that is beautiful. Boy, this is gonna be awful to listen to as we're hearing the Repo Man's music and Ron's subpar humming of the Doink the Clown theme. And I I'm I'm pretty sure Cole just got another dose of uh of his uh of his shenanigans. What would you just take a bite out of there, Cole? Did did you uh did you need to escalate uh the uh the usage over there because uh because of uh reasons and uh, discoveries and just monumental i mean word of the day strategery look at the finals guys look at the finals we have on one side undertaker the phenom versus doink the clown can you imagine <laughs> the promos on the way dink and paul bear Oh my God! This is has to be a mixed tag match. Like we we we're, I mean, right. we could just go home now. Like the audience just won. I just got the visual of a mixed tag match with those four. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I want to build a Delorean to go back in time and make sure that happens. And now. make this happen. <laughs> oh my Matt Bourne Doink with Dink versus Paul Bear and the Undertaker. Yes. SummerSlam main event, 1994. <laughs> oh boy, Taker, looks like you're going to be resting in pies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> well, we're here. We're here. The finals have arrived. There is not one heart in sight. So there is no integrity left in this entire bracket. <laughs> <clears throat> I was even going to vote for Owen over over Brett or Taker. I was like all excited like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to do something weird and I'm going to try to put Owen over in this thing. But oh. now it's just fucking Doink and Taker. So oh, go ahead, Ron. Buddy, you definitely escalated the weirdness. I'm I'm glad you're a part of it. <laughs> oh, all jokes aside. I shot my I just I, I shot my load too early. Yeah, the second you played your Darso, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this could be fun for a number of reasons." <laughs> Might as well go for the worst one. It's not the worst one. It's not the worst one. We got Doink the Clown versus Undertaker. For the yeah, new... this could have been Bob Backlund versus Doink. <laughs> yeah, this that would have been great. This could have been the Quebecers versus Alondra Blaze. Even if I am outvoted and Doink just takes this thing out of spite, I'm still happy. <laughs> Very much happy. You, you just shit all over the last thing I had, Ron. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it's literally, I made it to, it's a chessboard. I, I literally made it to where even if I'm shat on, I win. So oh. I'm just going to say it because, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to use the argument that I actually went through 12 hours of pain to put half of a design of this man on my leg. 
but Undertaker wins this bracket for me until the best thing happens ever, hopefully. Uh, Wade, Undertaker versus Doink the Clown for the greatest wrestler of the new generation era in WWF. Who you got, Wade? Segment on Raw pitch real quick. Can you imagine if, like, <laughs> Undertaker came out with Paul Bear and they got the urn and they're just, like, you know, they're doing the promo. They got the, they're doing, like, the graveyard show or whatever that whatever it is. And then Doink the Clown comes out and goes... Hey guys, how do you know that that's your real urn? And then Paul like opens it up, and it's just like all like the the surprise snakes, uh, or <laughs> or like just an explosion of pie cream. Oh God, that's that's phrasing. Um, yes, yes, Paul Bear with a cream pie explosion. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you can't get this uh, material anywhere else. And then when it, it then when the cream pie explosion happens, oh yes. <laughs> So anyway, Wade, you were picking something. And then you got Vince McMahon on commentary, right? Oh, it, it's a cream pie surprise. What a maneuver. <laughs> oh, one cream pie, two cream. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Just imagine the Jerry Lawler jokes too about that, man. Oh, wow. man. I do, I'm thinking of so many shirts. Or, you know, it, it, like, remember the bloodbaths? As the, oh. the cream pie explosion, all of a sudden the cherry sauce drops oh. down. No. <laughs> it covers them. <laughs> Dude, like, Doink missed his calling. We had the brood blood bass and the Doink cream pies. Oh, God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> this took a left turn somewhere. Left and then, turn. You, then right you team turn. up Doink the Clown with Duke the Dumpster Drossy, the rubber man, and you have the <laughs> rubber man to prevent the cream pies. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. Um, God damn it! And then here comes Teal Hopper. Looks like we got a uh, looks like we got a clogged situation here. Too many cream pies. <laughs> I don't even know that's how he talked. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mad Mountain Rock does a power slide with the guitar. <laughs> cream pie. <sighs> Makes, writes a cream pie song. Oh, so it's been fun creating this podcast for you guys. Let's not forget Mantar sitting right front row. Mantar, too. A, a creative team veteran, a star among stars. And then we can really find out if Tony Schiavone has enough to come to shampoo a buffalo. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and then when, when Paul Bear is doing all these exploding cream pies, Mantar just makes a cameo and says, boy, that really makes me horny. Oh, jeez. Because he's got horns? Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be a great name for all of this, all this whole package right here? The Aristocrats. Yeah. That's the Aristocrats joke. Oh, God. Boy. I'd love it. Boy, oh. boy, you know, with all these Undertaker puns and these cream pie stories, we really earned we really earned this laughter. God damn it. Yeah. We've beaten it into the ground. And we, oh. and we buried the hearts. Oh. oh. Worse than Vince could ever. Oh. oh man. All right. So Wade, Undertaker versus Doink. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, man, uh, you know Doink was a very technically sound wrestler, and the uh, Undertaker was a good powerhouse. 
I have to go with Doink the Clown. <laughs> All right. So it's <laughs> so it's literally up to Cole. He gets the privilege of naming the new generation bracket winner between The Undertaker and Doink the Clown, Cream Pies versus Creamation. What the fuck happened today? (laughs) The most downloaded episode of our careers is about to take place. The episode where we get canceled for talking about Cream Pies for 15 minutes. And, and Paul Bear <laughs> receiving them. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I can't even talk. Oh, so. Uh, uh, with creative team shenanigans in mind, the greatest wrestler of the new generation era of WWF is fucking Doink the Clown. Yes. <laughs> Whoopee cushions, cream pies, makeup, <laughs> water flowers, midgets, midgets. We can say it. They won today. We can say we can call them whatever they want if they're winners. Um, this makes me so happy. Like you know, I've never been so happy to take a pie in the face. Um, I, I guarantee you uh, that all of our listeners. Put this episode on knowing full well that Bret Hart was winning this bracket and we delivered a total <laughs> swerve today. You know what? Bret can't win everything. You know, ask uh. ask Vince that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Doink the Clown, the greatest wrestler of the new generation era of WWF. Wade. Can you say you. that? Can you say that one more time, Cole? <laughs> slower ah <laughs> oh, doink the clown the creative team's greatest wrestler of the new generation era doink the clown ah <laughs> oh. oh well wade this has been an absolute blast thanks for uh moving your schedule around and uh <clears throat> trying to help us busy guys out we're getting ready for you know Ron's been on vacation. I got vacation coming up, so we had to slam a lot of content out. So thanks for working with us. Uh, do you have anything to plug? Uh, any closing thoughts before I close the show? I just want to thank you guys so much for you know inviting me back onto the show. Um, I after this episode, I don't think you guys are probably going to want me on here again. But uh, oh no, no, <laughs> I have, I'm I'm, beg- I'm begging so many differs right now. <laughs> But no, uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, you know, if everybody out there wants to check out my wrestling blog, the, my shit wrestling blog, ringscoops.com, not to be confused with ring poops. Uh, but yeah, ringscoops.com. We got a podcast. We got Twitch streams. We're working with the Starlight Children's Foundation, actually, for uh, fundraisers. Um, so check that out as well. Um, if anybody wants to donate, we have a Tiltify link that's going to be up on the website as well. And uh, any and all you know, helps out with the Starlight Children's Foundation. Even if you can't financially donate, if you share the link, create some awareness, let's help out the children around the world. That's that's fantastic. I always like when our guests are doing good work in the world. Um, now, you know, not to shit all over what you just said or act like it's not important because it really is. I love the charity. I have more questions about this card game. Uh, 
what is the what is the objective? How does this card game work? This ring scoops uh, playing card game. Uh, great question. Let me uh, let me grab the box. It's I'm a little I'm a little rusty on selling this thing because we haven't sold any. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, do you think you have what it takes to cut the greatest promo in professional wrestling history? Step through the ropes, pick a gimmick, and know your role. Ring Scoops Wrestling Card Game is the ultimate pro wrestling fan party game. Draw cards at random. Use your creativity. Cut a promo on your opponent while the audience cheers. Pretty much what you do is you get anywhere between three and eight people to play. Two people at a time play. You pick a gimmick card. You pick uh, a, a stipulation card, a venue, and whatnot. And as that gimmick, with whatever stipulation you have, like for an example... Let me uh, pull this out real quick. So let's say, let's say Cole, you and I are going at it. Ron would be the audience. You would be the referee in this. Pull out a gimmick card. We have a superhero. So I would be the superhero. The stipulation would be that you doxed me. So that's the part of the promo that I have to mention. That's a, you know, a requirement. A scenario card were set in the 80s. So we're in the 80s. You doxed me, and we have a match coming up. Pull out a venue card at the beach. <laughs> yes. So it's an 80s event at the beach. You doxed me. I'm a superhero, and I have to cut a promo on you. And your gimmick would be, let me pull out a gimmick card for you. You're a computer hacker, which works out perfect because you doxed me, right? For the 80s. <laughs> exactly that, too. Um, but here's the thing is you have to have a stipulation card as well, which is a hindrance for you. So what I did to you, I hacked your Facebook. Which <laughs> somehow Facebook you, exists in the 80s. Yes, you hacked the hacker. Yeah. Which, thinking about it, this is a great promo right for both of us <laughs> yeah so you it, gotta, it makes sense yeah so you have up to two minutes i cut a promo two minutes you cut a promo then the audience slash referees vote on who cut the better promo so it's and like then, it's like promo battle meets cards against humanity yes 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 I fantastic love it. this is a great idea for a future episode ronald Oh my I god! I was I was fantastic. about to I was about to egg you guys on to just do that right now. <laughs> oh, I right now you guys I'm I'm you guys got me so bum fuzzled that there's no way yeah. my brain is gonna <laughs> function That's well fine. enough we're to cut this promo. <laughs> we're definitely gonna have to do a live round of this game because I think you can do it on a call and then it'll be just it'll be one long commercial for your game, Wade. I'm I bet you anything will sell it. I would appreciate. I will send you guys a, a copy of the card game. Oh, yes. fantastic! Much yep. appreciated. That so, way you guys Ronald, get together and play it. Absolutely, Ronald. Any closing thoughts? Uh, are you proud of yourself? Proud of myself? I mean, my <laughs> goodness, the Undertaker was in the finals of this bracket, and then Doint the Clown won, and I darso Doint the Clown to the finals over Owen Hart. So I'm looking to get some hate mail. Uh, my my handle is at Ron underscore Kilborn across across all platforms. Uh, tell me what you think about Doink winning this uh, bracket. I would love to hear it. Oh. Well, there he is. Another completely out of left field, 
no integrity bracket done with the creative team. And uh, what do we got for him next week, Ronald? Oh, next week we're going to be taking it back to the drawing board and we're going to be writing some wrongs. We're going to take it up with creative. And this is a bit of a doozy, uh, kind of a polarizing figure at the time. Everyone was kind of let down that his run just kind of stopped. Um, but we're going to be talking about one Mr. Kennedy. We're going to talk about his win of the Money in the Bank ladder match in 2007 when it was a big, big deal of a prize. And, like, it really made the next person. And he was on his way. He he said in his that he was going to sign a contract saying that he's not going to cash it in. He's going to sign a contract to cash it in in the main event of next year's WrestleMania. And I think if he would have stayed healthy, got his mind right, I think they would have followed through with that angle. And I am going to be delighted to kind of finish that up. Let's see. Let's see where we could have taken that. Let's see what we would have done instead. But I'm excited to talk about Mr. Kennedy. He was the epitome of potential, and I'm excited to rewrite some history. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think there would be some people that would make the argument that he really did get a big push there. But uh, I, I, you know, you reminded me about them dropping the ball. You know, right there at the goal line, really. So uh, this could be a very interesting episode. I'm excited. Ron keeps coming in with great ideas. Uh, he really has uh, made the show better, ladies and gentlemen, I got to say. Uh, and he should be proud of himself because he absolutely broke me today. Uh, <clears throat> I haven't laughed that hard in quite a long time. And uh, when you get in your late 30s like I am, you know, those those laughing fits are fewer and further between. So, uh I appreciate you, and so thanks again, Wade, for being with us. Ronald, I love you, a big lug. And uh, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night, moi. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.